All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back. Um, new episode of Par None Podcast. I believe this is episode three or four of the season. We didn't have one last week. It's on me. I've been dealing with some like really weird like injury stuff and um, different things, and I've just kind of been like out of it or in pain or just couldn't get things to line up. So on me, but we're back this week with a new episode. Um, Brady is back with us. Brady is actually going to be like the new fixture on here, so... Um, obviously with PGR kind of taking some time away, Brady is going to be our new co-host. And if PGR comes back, it'll just be the three of us or whatever we have. So Brady's a fixture now, just so you know, he's not going anywhere unless he decides he wants to go somewhere, which is also fine. We're not holding him against his will by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination, but, um, he will be here going forward. So any of you who like Brady, you're going to get him full time. And if you don't, you're just going to have to deal with it and only listen to the parts where I talk. Um, just kidding. So, um, a lot happened in golf since we last chatted, obviously the FedEx, the whole kind of drama with JT, uh, kind of flattened out, but, and then Lucas Glover won twice. Um, so let's start there. FedEx cup. What was the St. Jude championship? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, pretty big Lucas Glover kind of, kind of coming out of nowhere back-to-back wins after the, you know, the putter switch. So thoughts on, let's just dive right in and get after it. Unless you have something you want to talk about first. No, I mean, he's crazy hot right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, to crazy win two going into the, going into the playoffs now and um, just seems really solid and cool and collected. Um, he's, he's fun to watch. He didn't, didn't crack. Pretty much at mm-hmm. all. I think he had he had a couple holes that he struggled with, 14, 15, I think, but kind of cleaned it up, made it into the playoff, and made it look easy. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think um, it's it's gotta be. I mean, it's gotta be so hard to win back to. I mean, I know it's hard to win on the PGA Tour in general, obviously, but winning back to back weeks, like I feel like everything just has to. I don't know how you can even do that. Like, how does everything click so well that you can just like. Maybe it's easier because your golf is just so good and you're not thinking about it. But um, it seems super weird that a guy like a guy like Lucas Glover would win back to back weeks. I mean, just like yeah, things have to be going your way. Yeah, I feel like you kind of see it, and they get streaky. Like last year, Scotty had a few in a row. Finau had yeah. a Finau had two in a row last year. I feel like the when the guys get hot, they just their confidence just builds and multiplies, and they. You know, once you once you win once, you you know that you can do it. And right, I guess on the PGA Tour that must help push through for another one. But this next week will be really interesting because with how good he's playing, he has to be a consideration for the Ryder Cup. And I was thinking about that while we were watching, and then in his interview afterwards, it was kind of funny because they asked him about it, and yeah. they they said have. Um, have you thought about the Ryder Cup and he, or being on it? And he's like, not until like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but they also asked him if if he would pick himself, and he said, yeah, with how good he's playing, uh, that he would pick himself. And I can't argue with that. I mean, if you're beating all the best players in the world two weeks in a row, it's tough not to go with that guy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's hard. How do you not? I guess there's an argument. How do you not pick him? I mean, I think there's definitely an argument why you don't because yeah, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the exact flip flop of JT's argument, right? Like this guy's super hot. So do you pick him and see if he's going to run that hot streak for another month or does he become like, and this sounds really bad, but like normal Lucas Glover, who's obviously still a very good golfer, but just not going to be like a household name probably. Um, Yeah. Where do you go with a guy like JT who has a ton of experience in the Ryder Cup, but clearly not getting it done right now? I mean, if it's me, I'm going Lucas Glover over JT personally, just because like, I mean, I want guys who are playing good golf. And Lucas Glover seems like a guy, and again, it's so much it's so easy to make these generalizations when you see a guy on TV two weeks in a row, but he just seems like kind of like a nice, down-to-earth, like simple guy that yeah. would be like a, a good, like an easygoing fit, like good locker room guy, good teammate. Doesn't seem like he's going to cause a ton of drama. Seems like he's going to go out and do like 
hey, I'm the captain. I asked you to go play in this match. He's going to go play in it. And he's just going to try and play, you know, just like hit his ball around. He's not going to do a yeah. bunch of different things or lip off or be like, well, why did you put me with this person? Or why was I facing this guy? He's just going to go play golf, which I kind I really like about Lucas Glover a lot. Yeah. I feel like he'd just go out there and play his boring game, fairways, greens, maybe make the putt, maybe not, but he, he has a par for sure. <laughs> and if yeah. his putter, if his putter's hot, like it has been, or at least good, good enough, then uh, probably be pretty dang good in the rider. No, a hundred percent. And speaking of Lucas Glover's putter, I know that you've talked about this a little bit. He's using like, so I don't know. Have you hit any of the lab golf stuff? He's using a lab golf putter, center shafted. Yeah. Have, um, have you tried the labs? Yeah, I have not tried the one that he's trying. I actually was at um, the PGA Buying Summit uh, the other week, and lab golf was there. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it's fine. I don't, I don't get the hoopla around it. Personally, I don't think like there's nothing I hit in a lab that I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to run out and grab one of these right now. Like they've revolutionized it, but people swear by it. Um, I mean, like a lot of people swear by other things, but so I've hit some of them. I mean, I, again, I'm, and maybe I'm just not a good enough putter to know the difference, but um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think if I switched to a lab putter, I'd be winning anything, anything other than <laughs> doing any better than I am right now. But have you hit any of it or putted any of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gamed them, but I have tested them out and they are pretty sweet. The, they're different. Um, the lab is lie angle balance. And hmm. have you seen the revealer tour tool that they have? To no. Show? So the face say, stays square to the path. And it, it's weighted to do that. So mm-hmm. there's the Lab Golf has a tool. I, I'm pretty sure it's called the Revealer. And what it does is shows you how bad other putters are at doing that. So it's it's two handles that are right uh, parallel with the grip. And you oh, okay. stroke the putter using those two handles while the putter's hanging on a hook that swivels. So if there's any any swivel in the putter, it it literally just swirls and you put a Scotty on there. You put a tailor made a Callaway, even if it's face balance, if it's toe hang, it goes crazy and you can't even hit the ball. And then you put the lab putter on there and you can hit a perfect putt while it's just hanging on a swiveling hook because it stays square to the path. That's so weird. Sir, hold on. I need to make, that's crazy. And also I just realized that we're talking about lab golf and in my head, I was thinking about LA golf this whole time. <laughs> so I have not hit the lab putters. I was thinking about LA golf putters. And now that we're talking, I just realized I'm crossing the two. So I need to make amends to lab golf and say, I apologize. We were, I thought I had LA in my head this whole time and the LA putters. I don't really understand the hoopla, but let's go back to that. Cause I just realized that I'm, I had the wrong thing in my mind. So the revealer thing sounds crazy. I guess I'm a little confused. I'm gonna have to look this up online, but wouldn't I feel like I don't know what putting a the is it just the head of the putter on a hook? No, it's in the grip. The hook goes into the grip of the putter, so it's it swivels. I'm looking like, this up right now while we're talking. Yeah, yeah. There's YouTube videos all over about it, and it's it's the actually lab really impressive. Revealer. Hey, you're only one letter off, though. L.A. Golf, L.A.B. Golf. You turn the volume off on this. Okay. Okay, now I see where we're going with this. This thing is wild. Everybody should YouTube that, the Lab Golf Revealer. It's it's pretty impressive. And when you actually do it, it, it it's, it's crazy how it works. Have you actually used the Revealer, then? Yeah, I have. Oh my gosh. Huh. Okay, I'm not listening to it with the volume, but I'm just looking. It looks like he has like an Odyssey. What does this putter do? Okay. Huh. Oh, so he's testing a bunch of different ones. So, oh, I see. So it's just swiveling around. Okay. 
So the LA Golf doesn't move. It's just so weighted in the bottom. Is that how that works? It's just weighted. Um, the the amount of toe hang or lack of toe hang. It's I, I'm not sure the the science on yeah. it, but it's weighted so that it doesn't that it stays square to the path to the path of the stroke. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. And okay. well, no wonder Lucas like Glover's making everything then. If you can get it started it, on the right line. Yeah, I mean, even if it like doesn't do much like performance wise, like you'd think that it would do something performance wise, but even if it doesn't, just seeing that would like give you the confidence that it's going to do what it's supposed to, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of just like. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Like gives you, yeah, just it gives you confidence. I guess that's the perfect way to talk about it is like, even if it doesn't really do anything, are they all, okay. So now that I'm, now I'm kind of going down a, like a, a, a deep hole here. Are they all kind it's of easy. center shafted? Um, I am actually not sure on that. I, I'm looking the ones at that it I've and seen kind of, are. Okay. Yeah. I know that. Um, well, cause they have the long putters and then they have, the standard size like 34 or 35 inch too and they all do right. they all do that same thing they're all weighted to do that um where they okay. stay square to the path but the um like the long ones glover's winning with it adam scott is using it and he's like i think ranked 13th in strokes game putting right now and then There's bernard longer is using it and he's winning like crazy on the champions tour so it's been successful for the guys that are using it they're so ugly yeah, Can they're not that? pretty. Yeah. yeah, and Adam Scott's is like, I think he has a black shaft with a red head, or at least he used to, and there's like screws all over the bottom of it. And Yeah. yeah it's this... it's not a pretty looking putter, and I think that's why I haven't considered gaming one. It's just because yeah. I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the looks of it, but it seems right. like it's working. Yeah, for sure. I Now I kind of want to try it out. Um, isn't that weird that I have this feeling too, that with gear sometimes, and I do think there's a aspect to this that's true, but it's like, if it's not pretty looking, I'm not going to use it, even if it will help me. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about that. Like, I hear that, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. You see the revealer video, and then you're like, yeah, but it doesn't look as pretty as my Scotty, so even if it helps me make <laughs> more putts, I'll probably just go with the Scotty. Um, it's only like three strokes around. I'll give that it. up for a pretty putter. <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> I'll give it up. Yeah, it has very, um, it has very uh, PXG vibes, mm -hmm. which I like. Is really um, a no-no. Like PXG is like my like no-no brand. Like, yeah, there's a there's a brand I'm not touching. It's PXG, except for their gloves. I know we're getting off on a tangent here. PXG makes really good gloves. The rest of their stuff is absolute dog shit but um i've never tried their gloves but yeah the yeah. the clubs that i have tested I, I can agree i wasn't a huge fan of but yeah the exposed screws that's that's like on the lab and the pxg that's i got those vibes too with all the screws that are exposed and i don't like that like why why do that why all that exposed yeah. is it just for the weighting i mean there's like, i'm even looking on the blade and on the blade bottom there's like one four there's six screws and then on the top, there's two over the toe, and it looks like two on the heel under the shaft because it's a center shafted. Just like yeah. six, seven, ten screws. That's for, for a blade putter. Scott probably has like twenty on it, but you'd think that they could do that weighting internally. Yeah, maybe that's just their so, way of looking different. Very interesting putter. It seems to work. Yeah. It performs. The revealer shows that it can stay square, but the looks. <laughs> the yeah, looks are what that's I... wild. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I, 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 I mean, I'm with you. I don't know if I can get past that look. Do you know what, like, what are they, do you know what they're running, like, cost-wise? No, I'm not positive. Okay. Probably oh. five. Okay, so pretty, so for the Link 1, which is the Blade, I guess would probably be what I would play. Mm -hmm. Four seventy nine for the stock one, which 
like you said, you can get in 33, 34, 35, but there's six weeks on shipping. No. So pretty, I mean, comparable price range. I mean, like higher end, 479, so like Scotty, Toulon, that kind of thing. Yeah, and when you hit it, you can feel it. it's a premium putter. I mean, they yeah. feel they feel good. Okay. So All right. I feel well, like that's justified. I I guessed five hundred, so that's yeah. that's right about right about. Where and that's I think just it'd the, be. so that's the. Let's see. That's the. Um. There's a one that's huge and blue. Oh, it does come in black. It was blue on the picture, but it just looks like a big black, like piece of lead on the end of a. It's wild. Like a military like tank. That's what I always think when I see those yeah. ones. That's so weird. I just can't get over the look of them. I'm like, now I'm... I'm yeah, you kind should of test like, one out when you get a chance. Where do they... Do they sell them everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them in okay. most golf shops. Hmm. I don't know where I've been on this. The... the uh, What is it called? The Directed Force one? Have you seen this? I'm not sure. The Directed... I, it's I like, don't know... The only one that I know the name of is the Link, the Blade one. Okay, yeah. So there's one called a Directed Force, and I'm looking at it now, and it's... um, I don't even know how to describe it. It almost looks like the front of a blade, and then it looks like almost like a, a horseshoe bottle opener on the back end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I the have craziest seen that one. I've ever seen. Yeah, Adam Scott was or is playing that one. Um, that's the one I think he might have started out with, and then he moved to like more the the little tank one. It doesn't even look like that should be allowed. Like that head shape doesn't even look like a golf club. <laughs> it just I looks like some weird. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like somebody just took a bunch of like different random pieces of metal they had at home, and we're just like, that's a putter. Uh, that's just <laughs> yeah, that can, that's let's, confined. Let's see if this. Let's see if the face stays square. And, oh, it does. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put a bunch of screws in this and uh, it should be fine. Yeah. They are cool, though. Um, but speaking of putter changes and styles. Yeah, and go for it. Looks. Did you see uh, the putter that Rory put in play this week? I mean, I heard the stories about it. I actually I didn't look at it too closely. Um but I heard about the whole, like, um, we had to, like, go to his cat. He had to go to, like, Edwin Watts or something like that. Yeah. But I didn't yeah, well, see it. Um, he was I looking for the change. Yeah, he put in the Scotty 5.5. I'm actually, okay. that's the, the model that I'm playing right now. And, nice. Um, it, but his is, like, a, a bronzy copper finish on the head with a black shaft sweet looking Ooh. putter and i watched him putt with it on friday and saturday and his stroke looked really good he was rolling it nicely and then Ooh. i saw the story was it saturday or sunday that uh yeah. his or, yeah his caddy went and i don't know how he didn't realize that it was longer than the putters that he's been using like how how would someone not notice that for him at least um but pretty well, funny that he feel? had to... Like you're a professional golfer. Yeah. How do you not feel that that's different? Yeah, you'd think that he would have picked up on that sooner. I thought that was super interesting, but hilarious that they took it to a local golf shop and had it cut down. Uh, I wish I was working at that golf shop. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing I... So, and I guess I don't really understand how... You know, I haven't been around the pro game a ton, On, if I'm honest. So, you know, I know one of the things they said on TV was... Like, the tour trucks are all out. They all are gone already. And it's like, so I don't know. I don't wonder what the reasoning for that is, because it seems like you would want them around if you needed any changes. Hmm. So I don't know. But every, apparently, like, all of the tour trucks were gone. And so that's why he had to go do that, is because really, really there's nobody yeah. there. Or even, like, the golf... Like the where did they play it at? Like that country club doesn't have a place to like. They don't have a club guy there who can do that for you, or I don't know. It's so wild, and yeah. I don't know if I trust Edwin Watts or whoever. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm if I'm Rory McIlroy. I take my putter down to the PGA Tour Superstore and get some like you know twenty three year old kid there on a Sunday afternoon. 
Like, yeah. hey, can you cut this down for me? Be <laughs> like, okay, okay. If I'm Rory, I'm going to buy a saw. Uh, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> yeah, right. You just see Rory in the in the clubhouse, like regripping it on his own. <laughs> He's got like a super stroke he got from the store. He's just like, no, out of the I'm trunk in, of I'm his car. That would be that would be <laughs> awesome. But yeah, um, yeah, no. I, I don't know car. why the tour trucks are were gone because all the events that I've seen, it seems like they're there at least through Sunday morning until the guys tee off in case they need anything. But maybe they're already off to the BMW to get ready for it or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that scheduling works. Um, maybe by the time. Yeah. Cause you think like if they break something or anything like that, they could get a new one. And yeah. I, I don't know how that operation works. It seems like you should be able to get to a place. Well, Maybe they need to be there for Monday or Tuesday because they're going to be there playing practice rounds and that's when they're getting their equipment dialed in. I really don't know. Yeah. I have heard, like, I'm not sure what brands it was, but uh, a, a tour guy that was playing one brand, his truck wasn't there. Let's say it was TaylorMade. He went to the Callaway truck and they fixed it up for him. So I have heard of people doing that, but I've never heard of no tour trucks being there. And yeah. people having to go to the local golf shop. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm kind of, part of me is surprised that they would fix it. Part of me isn't, I guess, because it's kind of like a, probably a close-knit group. But it, it would be weird to be like, hey, you know, Tiger's got his tailor-made driver in the Callaway truck getting it fixed. Although, yeah. if I'm the guy on the truck, I want to fix Tiger. I want to be the guy who fixed Tiger's driver regardless of who I work for, so... I don't yeah, I think they're all buddies out there. It's it's got to be a really close knit yeah. group. Well, and I'm sure they jump too, so it's like, I I don't know. You know, I know there's some industries where it's like, well, I was working for this company and now I work for this company, and I know, yeah. you know, like guys are like, well, I was at TaylorMade two months ago, now I'm at Callaway, but I still know all the TaylorMade guys, so it's not like yeah. I'm some stranger working on their clubs. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes around too, but it's just wild to me. It's still wild to me to think at that level that you don't have, like Roy doesn't have a guy who can get that done for him. Like, I just can't believe that. Maybe it's just Very not easy. as uppity as I think it is. I think it should be, you know, like Roy McIlroy should have a, a guy that just travels with him to make sure his clubs are good. But Well, then on the other extreme, Scotty put in a new putter and his was a custom putter like just for him so he he must have had a whole team working on a putter because yeah uh did you see that one i did not that was the so he has a tailor-made spider x so similar to like the one that the mallet that rory was using the for a mm -hmm. while um but scotty didn't like the with the feeling of the weight in the back of the club which is kind of the point of the mallet but yeah they they rigged it so they basically made most of the back of that mallet hollow with very little weight back there and then moved all the way forward and oh, yeah, took out the space it. insert and put on a like an actual mill like mill fit. So it's I think they called it the uh, Spider X Tour. I'm guessing that it, it might be released to the public now that they they made one. They might they might come out with it for the general public, but uh, it's so funny. It, so I don't know. It, it looked pretty cool. And put a milled face on it. So why not just play a bladed milled face so butter? He likes the the feel of the blade, and he wanted it to perform like a blade. But he said the alignment is what he needed. So he needed the the longer head to have better alignment. And um, we'll see if he keeps it in play. I, I'm mm. not sure his putting stats this week when he when he uh, used it for the first time, but yeah, sounds like these guys need to go to Lab Golf based on what I'm hearing. Everybody <laughs> should just be switching over to Lab Golf putters. They got to talk to Lucas. Yeah, that's wild. That's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, I just so I don't of... know. I'm just caught up on this Lab Golf thing because I'm like, why isn't everybody playing them? Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like if they're that like much better at like staying on path just seems like, don't you think everybody should be playing them? I don't know why I'm caught up on it so much. I'm hung up on it though. Yeah. I want to go try one again. Now that, yeah, I do know. now that Lucas is winning, um, 
I mean, Bernard has been destroying with it. But they all use the long putter. I don't think I could do that. No, I'd, I'd I don't have think to go so. Into a standard thirty-four inch. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that is impacted by the length. I've tried long putters. I don't know. I feel so much less control with a long yeah. putter. I don't know how guys feel comfortable with them. Um, yeah. And I mean, I guess if I practiced eight hours a day, I probably could get pretty comfortable. But uh, yeah, long putters have never been. I'm just, um, I don't know. This sounds like so like golf uppity, but I feel like I'm just so traditional because I grew up like here, you just play a blade putter. It's a traditional length. I just always did it, so it's hard to be like, I'm going to try something really random and new, like a big horseshoe on the end of a center shaft. Um, though I have hit some center shaft putters, and I actually liked it. Like, we have over at Callaway, you know, when I do some fitting stuff, we have the Odyssey center shafted seven, and yeah, I've always liked the way that that felt, so. Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah, get the lap. Look. But uh, I guess Lucas probably switched to it because I think he missed up, like, a one foot or two foot putt for a 59 and then missed the putt coming back and shot a 61. <laughs> so you're probably willing to try any length putter at that point. <laughs> well, it's worked for him. I mean, I don't, that's the other thing that's crazy too about these, you know, I, I probably because they're so good, but it seems like it almost kind of seems like the reverse. Like if you were really bad, it might be like, well, maybe you should try this long putter because you can't get any worse. But when you're as like good as you are at that level and you've been doing something it almost seems more so much more risky to switch to like I'm going to try a completely different length, completely different head. Whereas when you're not very good, it's like, well, why don't you try this? Because what you're doing right now is not working. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So I always think that's interesting. Um, so a lot of putter changes. I don't, Scott. Yeah, I'll be okay. Now I'm going to focus in. I'm going to really pay attention to Adam Scott and Lucas Glover this week at the BMW because I really want to see. If I can even tell, like, is this making a difference? And I'm going to go check them out. I'm on a mission with this lab golf yeah. putter to figure this well, out. Now. Adam, I think Adam missed the playoffs, but uh, Lucas and who else uses um, one? There's, there's one at least one other guy. I don't know if it's been on. There, there is one other guy in the playoffs that's using one right now. So yeah, watch out for it. Everyone listening, go try one if you can. Everybody listen. Right now it just says Lucas Glover and Adam Scott, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think the other guy is pretty new and he's probably not sponsored by him. Okay. All right. Lab golf putters, everybody. So, um, all right, let's go. Otherwise, we're going to talk about, we're just going to talk. I'm going to keep going on this, so I have to move on. Um we had a couple of different, so we've had a couple of like equipment releases, which is a big part of what we talk about on this podcast. Um, yeah. Biggest thing is Callaway. So Callaway's got the new Apex Pro line, which is MB, CBs, and Apex Pro irons coming. And I know, you know, us at Curated kind of have an inside track there here coming in a couple days. Um, but also they have the Paradigm Super Hybrid that just is, and then. Um, they have a whole new line coming called the Paradigm Star as well, which is going to be that ultra lightweight premium stuff. Um, they have a new UW coming. So basically a, they have a ton, probably the biggest launch of anybody in the fall. They have a ton of stuff coming. And then TaylorMade last week just released the new P790s to replace the 2021 because they're on a two-year cycle. And then today is the MG4. So... Lots of gear to talk about. Is yeah. there a place, any, anything that you're most excited about from that list? Well, let's start with Callaway. I feel like okay. they have the, the most to talk about. And I, I love this time of year because it's always the January, February where you're waiting for all the new clubs. But yeah. in the fall, there's some of these, some of these off season releases that are always fun. So um, I think the, the most interesting one is the super hybrid. Okay. I cannot wait to test that because I feel like it's going to be a really, really good hybrid and lo just long hitting club in general for mid to high handicappers yeah. who really need that forgiveness, the long par fours, hitting into par fives, even um, off the tee. 
feel like it's going to be a weapon. So I'm super excited to get my hands on it. But do you know anything more about it? Well, did you hit the Epic Super Hybrid ever? No, I did not. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I do know a little bit about it. It's just, it's a bigger, it's a bigger headed. So it's literally like, it's not, it's not designed for golfers who are just like, well, I'm just looking to like upgrade my hybrid, like a traditional hybrid. Like it's a thicker thing. And it's like, Hey, I really struggle. I want a long club and I struggle maybe hitting a traditional three wood or a traditional hybrid. Like I want something that's going to pack a punch. Um, so it's supposed to be pretty long. I haven't hit it yet. It's supposed to be pretty long, but yeah, it's really designed for like, I want a long club and I may struggle to hit longer clubs. Um, mm-hmm. even if I struggle hitting a driver. So it's going to be like, I think a pretty hefty thing. Um, and if it has any of the paradigm technology, I'm really excited about it because they've, you know, I mean, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast, but I really feel like they just nailed the paradigm line from a woods perspective. Yeah. Just, up and down from woods to driver to hybrid. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about pretty excited about the super hybrid. It's not some. it's kind of, it's one of those things that's like, man, I, I would love to put it in play. I want to know if it's going to be more like a mini driver because I have, I have been testing the tailor-made new burner mini driver and I love that idea. Um, so I'd love to try, I wonder if the paradigm super hybrid will be something similar to that as far as just like performance or distance. In my mind, I feel like it's like a mini three high or a mini three wood is yeah. kind of like what I'm picturing it as, and I'm I am excited to try it out and see what the what the launch is like, what the spin is like, what the distance is like, and I feel like it has potential to replace the three wood and the three hybrid, depending yeah. depending on the distances that I can get out of it. But um, I don't use my three wood a whole lot. And mm. I feel like if I can get a little bit more distance out of a hybrid, that it might be a really good club to put in the bag. Yeah, no, I agree. I no, I totally agree. So, and I, I don't, I never, I didn't really ever hit the Epic Super Hybrid either. Um, I only saw it, but yeah, I'm intrigued by the idea of kind of this like wood hybrid marriage into a bigger thing. So, um, I think it'll be good. And then I think on top of that, um. I don't know if you ever hit, you know, they have the Paradigm Star coming too, which is a little bit more hush-hush, but um, it's basically, I don't know if you hit like the Epic Max Star, that like super lightweight yep. stuff, or the the new one is the Greatest Big Bertha. Um, it's going to be like that, only I think with it's going to be called Paradigm Star, and it's going to have more of a Paradigm technology to it. Still lightweight, but I think finally they are going to lower the price a little bit too. So it's not just astronomical because I don't know about you, but I hardly sold any of that other stuff just because people are not going to buy a $700 driver when you can get, yeah, you know, I mean, it really doesn't make any sense. Like I can get, you know, you can put a 40 gram shaft in a paradigm and get, sell it for, or buy it for 600 or put a 35 gram shaft in a Epic star max or great big Bertha and charge 800 bucks. Like nobody's going to do yeah. that. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, I think so, the technology, the lightweight technology will like can help a lot of golfers, but the Epic star never really took off. I feel like because nobody wanted to pay that much. So they yeah. definitely need to make it more accessible price wise. And, uh, similar to a normal driver, even though it has a lighter weight technology. Um, yeah. But definitely has potential to help people's games. Just need to make it at that that price point where people can actually afford it. Right. And I know they're trying to have like a premium, almost like a Zexio like counterpart, something that's going to compete. But I mean, like, again, I feel like you're talking about such a small part of the market share that yeah. you know, like how many people do you know who even play Zexio clubs? Um, yeah. It's just such a small, small market that it seems like the price point, like I just don't know how many people you're drawing in with the price point. Like are people being, I don't, I don't want to say fooled because I don't know if that's what they're doing. That's not what I think they're doing, but just like, Oh, this is premium because it's $700, $800. Um, you know, and I just don't know how many of those same people can like see through the, 
well, I can get this exact, you know, this club that's almost all carbon with a 40 gram shaft in it for $200 less. And you're really not changing a ton. We'll see what the actual specs are when the new stuff comes out. But, you know, when I look at the Epic Mac star and the, or whatever, or the greatest big Bertha, it's like, I can do a lot of those similar things with, you know, even the big Bertha that came out is almost an all carbon head and you can put a 40 or 45 gram shaft in there. I don't really know how much lighter you need to go unless you're having, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're older, maybe weaker, have some medical issues. And I don't mean that to sound like disrespectful. I just don't know how much lighter you yeah. need a club to be if you have a 40 gram shaft in there with a carbon head. Yeah. I mean, my golfers that fit that category, I'm going to put them into a Paradigm X with a 40, 45 gram shaft if, mm -hmm. if it's a $200 savings. I mean, there's no point in uh, going five grams lighter or, you know, if the technology is a little bit different. I, I don't know. I would, 600 is already a lot. So I'm going to try to keep my golfers in that range and not, not go more if we don't need to. Right. And when, and when you swing that, like, you know, when you swing that slow technology can only do so much for you. Like if you have yeah. a 60, 55, 60 mile an hour swing speed, like you can pack it with as much tech as you want, but if you don't have the speed to generate the ball speed, you know, like that's what I've noticed, even especially doing fittings is like the slower your swing speed, the less this technology works for you. Unfortunately, right. like there's just not, um, you have to swing at least a certain amount, it seems like, to get some of the benefits. Because I've had, I did have some instances where, you know, somebody was playing a Maverick or uh, an Epic or even a Rogue ST and they wanted the Paradigm, but they would get upset when they weren't, you know, it was mostly older gentlemen when they wouldn't see this like drastic change. They're looking for like, well, I want 10 or 20 yards to justify it. And I'm just like, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get that because you don't swing hard enough for really any driver to go 20 yards further. Like that's a huge thing, you know. So trying to even kind of get them out of that mindset of like longer and like, hey, can we can we tighten your dispersion? Can we get your spin numbers into a better way so you can see more consistency? Um, but yeah, I get a lot of people. Not a lot, but I get a fair amount of people who want this. Like they just think every new driver is gonna give them an extra 10 and extra 20 yards. And I try to tell them like, well, if that was the case, we'd all be hitting at 400 yards. Cause every year yeah. we just add 10 or 20 yards to our drives and all of us would yeah. be hitting at 350 to 400 yards. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it is my new differences year to year. And I think some people don't really understand that. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting deal yeah. to try to get people to understand, like this is what the tech actually is doing. With all the advancements that we've had in the last, even like the last 10 years, the the changes from year to year are so small because the drivers are already so good. Right. So it's it's not going to be massive improvements. And like you said, if, if you're not swinging the club, if you're hitting the hosel every time or, or right. skying it off, off the crown, you're, you're not going to see those improvements that you're supposed to. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, I think when the Paradigm came out, there was a video that like John Rom they put out, you know, through Callaway and he was really only getting, what was it? Three or four yards difference, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. And, you know, but again, I think he saw some other things that he liked and it helps that, you know, they pay him what they pay him to put it in the bag. But at the same time, like he's swinging, you know, faster than any of us. And he's, if he's only seeing a three or four yard difference, like temper your expectations a little bit. And some people do get really big differences, especially if they're upgrading from five or 10 years ago, because there is some significant improvements. And I think every once in a while, a brand does get it right, where there is a pretty significant jump in their product. Um, yeah. For instance, when TaylorMade switched from the Sim 2 to the Stealth Original, that was a pretty big jump in my eyes. Like I saw a driver that went from really spinny in the Sim 2 to something that much lower spin and the feel off the new carbon face for me was completely different. So I thought that was like, like even if you had the SIM two and you were a tailor-made person, I would recommend switching that particular year. The same reason why I recommended a lot of times this year, like I was not a huge fan of the rogue ST line. And I think the paradigm line is just a vastly improved thing, which I can, you know, yeah. which you can get a lot of difference. 
but I probably would not have been like, oh, you had an Epic Max LS switch to the Rogue ST Max LS. I didn't see any really much difference there. But every once in a while, I think there's like, hey, this one really jumped up and you need to switch, you need to switch over to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think every, now, especially now that they're coming out with drivers every, every year, there's not a whole bunch of time to get uh, groundbreaking technology in there. So they're just like little improvements every time. Um, But then every now and again, like from Sim 2 to Stealth, like you said, they put in a carbon face, which is completely different than any other driver on the market. So you do get those um, technology advancements that that happen every now and again. But yeah. Yeah, I tell people, I don't know what you tell uh, people. I usually tell people, honestly, like, um, because I really am not a huge fan of just, like, telling people to upgrade just to upgrade. I'm like, if your stuff is three to five years old, you're probably pretty good. Um, Yeah. For the most part. You know what I mean? Again, give or take. Uh, But, you know, these, and I guess I fall into this category now, which I didn't until I worked in the golf business. But like, you don't need to upgrade. You don't need to upgrade your driver every year. You don't need to upgrade your irons every year. Um, Especially if you don't play a lot of golf, you know, like I get a lot of people asking me, well, like how often should I switch out wedges? And I'm like, well, unless you wear down your grooves because you're playing every day, like you, I don't know. They're fine. You're fine for the most part. Most golfers are fine yeah. for a couple of years at least. Yeah, I'd say wedges are probably the the thing that you should switch out the most. For probably sure. every couple of years, especially if you're playing like weekly. You you could probably, I mean, if you switch wedges out every year and you're like a weekly golfer, you would see a difference in spin because the grooves mm-hmm. the, the grooves do wear and um, the grooves are always making a difference, but. For irons, yeah, as long as you're in the proper setup. Because, right. yeah, a lot of times, you know, a guy might have a driver that's two or three years old, but it's a low-spinning head with a super stiff shaft, and right. they're going to see a massive improvement when they soften up that shaft a little bit and get into a little bit higher-spinning head. So um, yeah. cases like cases like that, but if you are fit properly, um yeah i'd say at least two years for the driver and then um i mean you could go 10 years on irons if you wanted to um yeah especially as long as the grooves yeah as long as the grooves are are decent and it's the the proper fit for you it's not gonna make a huge difference in technology in most cases yeah, unless you get fit at PXG and they put you in, like you said, a lot of heavier, stiffer stuff. We don't have to correct a ton, but you do get fit at PXG. We always have to make those corrections because they do it wrong every time. Um, okay, Apex, so the irons. I think I'm most excited. The Apex yeah. irons seem sweet. Um, they look awesome. I, I have not, again, they have not been released even to our fitting stuff yet, but... Um, MBCB Apex Pro, uh, all of them look pretty awesome. And I think they're going to be, especially, so the CB is taking the place of the TCB, which was a pretty popular iron. Again, ROM's playing it, those kinds of things. Um, I think what's interesting is I found out, and I didn't know this, that the TCB was not truly forged, um, which was kind of disappointing to hear. I thought it was more of a true, like, forged club. But the new CB is going to be more like that. So um, it's going to be a forged club, which is kind of, I think, I like hearing that more just because if I'm going to pay, if I'm going in looking for an MB or CB, like that higher end player iron, like I want it to be forged. I don't want to like yeah. feel like I'm getting a forged club and then find out that it's not. So um, definitely. They, well, the they look pretty players. clean too. Yeah, they look clean. Definitely what the higher level players are going to be looking for is that, that premium view on a Forge Club. So yeah. I can see a lot of tour players switching to them immediately. Right. Um, and they're going to be numbered, which is just funny, they're going to be numbered 10 and 11 instead of Pitching Wedge Approach Wedge for those two, which um, I don't know what the thought is there. It's Part of me is like weird, and part of me it's, it makes perfect sense because I've never really understood why... 
they like went to letters all of a sudden. Like you go three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then all of a sudden you just switch it to letters. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, or you switch it to degrees. You can have a nine iron, but then you have to have a you know it's a forty six degree, it's a fifty degree. Yeah. Like why can't we just call it a ten? Why can't we just call it an eleven? Uh, we don't worry about the degrees on our other iron. Like we don't think about it that way in our other irons. So I just think that's pretty, um, pretty funny. But I guess yeah, I don't I'm, know the I'm, reasoning behind it. Go ahead. No, you go for it. Go for it. Um, I I don't know the reason behind it, but Maverick McNeely. He's been playing the Apex MBs for yeah. like a couple years, and he kind of had like a proto set, and yeah. his were numbered through ten or eleven, whatever he went down to. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's where they got the idea or if they were already planning it in this the new Apex line, but um, I know that he's had those in play for at least a year, maybe even two now. So it might have been his mm-hmm. idea, and Callaway liked it. Or Callaway was already planning on it, and he implemented it. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he has been using them. So, yeah, um, they've been out there. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of a, a throwback to the to the old days. Yeah, oh, I like it too. And I've heard um, from some other guys that, like, really the pro, like at the pro level, they really do think of you know. I mean, we've already like pitching wedge and approach wedge as just an extension of their irons. Like they're more distance focused clubs. They're not as like specialty clubs so i think a lot of pros do want that pitching wedge and approach wedge in their iron sets is what i'm that's what i'm being that's what i've heard i don't know how true that is um so i think to have kind of all that line up and just be like this is my 10 iron this is my 11 iron um is just where they're getting that's what i I assume is where they're getting the idea because it does make sense and actually you know i was a firm kind of like pitching wedge guy with my iron set and then i always played three specialty wedges um, yeah. and I've actually switched over to the gap wedge in my iron set. And I have to say, I, I agree. I love the, f- I love the idea of it matching the iron set more because I am using a gap wedge more on full swings and like mm-hmm. shots that I might actually hit. Like I want more of a distance out of than I need to, you know, like spin or stop short or something around the green. I'll still use that gap wedge to chip for sure. But if I need it. But it is has it actually has been more of an iron for me, and not like a a wedge, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. I think that we'll see a lot of different variations when guys on tour put it in play. I went the other way. I used to have a gap wedge in my iron set, mm. and I switched to having. Right now, I have uh, fifty, fifty-six, and sixty, but I want to even add. Uh, 45 46 into that specialty wedge set and take that out of my iron set just because Mm. um i found that around the greens i can play a lot more shots and with a little bit more precision where before i if i wanted to hit my 50 degree gap wedge i was kind of limited and feels a lot different with an iron 50 degree versus a wedge 50 degree Mm. so um definitely personal preference what you like to do around the greens makes of the shots you like to play around the greens makes a huge uh difference and deciding factor in that but um i love the option and the idea to go down to a a 10 and 11 in the iron set because i agree that they are mainly distance focused and you want that that consistency for those approach shots and then once you get uh closer for those precision shots then you can move into the wedges but right um i'm actually going to get the apex pros but and i was excited because i was like oh i kind of wanted to say 10 and 11 but then i found out on the apex pros it's going to say p and a so i was like ah dang it (laughs) i did not know that those are different (laughs) i didn't either until i was looking at it and i was like oh man yeah they have that's what a sharpie's for yeah right (laughs) just (laughs) just gonna grind it out (laughs) take it down to the local edwin watts and have them just write a 10 in there that's so funny that's funny yeah. yeah yeah i'm really excited to test them all out i got the mbs coming so oh, they look you amazing can't wait to see how they feel oh brady and his brady and his blades can't get me out of them can't get you out of them <laughs> yeah one of these days you'll break 80 with an iron set you're supposed to be fit for <laughs> just kidding guys brady can i'm just kidding brady's much better than that i'm just teasing. 
Um, okay, uh, let's talk. Uh, it's not what is it called? BMW. I was not saying Jude. BMW. BMW. Okay. So second round three. So there's three rounds of the playoffs. This is the second one. Tour championship coming after that. Yep. Um, is it? So I know they've changed it. Is it? Remind me. I don't. I can't keep things straight. So it was the top seventy last week. Is it fifty this week? It's fifty this week. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So only fifty guys are going. So that's pretty small. But it's all of our most of our like most of the big names with a couple of other ones in there. Um, yeah. There are some. I mean, there's some bigger names that aren't in it. Obviously, JT, Adam Scott didn't make it. Um, some other big names, but for the most part, we're getting all of the big names in there. Yeah, which is awesome for the PGA Tour. Awesome for viewership watching it. Um, usually coming down the stretch, those those top dogs. I mean, they play consistently enough throughout the year where they earn these points to to get them there. So mm. I feel like it's it's pretty typical, and it's kind of like a foolproof system for the most part, where you you need to play really good and consistent through the entire year to make it to this point. With yeah. the exception being like uh, Lucas Glover, who I think he was like 180 something uh, right before the playoffs, wins, gets into the top 70, wins, gets into the top five maybe because these last events, the points are so much. So mm-hmm. you don't need to play as consistent through the full year if you get hot at the right time. But all the guys that did play consistently are in. So it's, yeah, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. I've noticed this and I think I talked to PJR on it, even last season too, or at the beginning um, is it seems like there's some of these good golfers, like the, some of the top end golfers, they seem to have a favorite time of year. So like Rom was winning. He likes, he seems to like the early part of the year. Um, he was killing it. Yeah. Like January, February, he was killing it. And then Scotty Scheffler seems to like this like March and April. And then you really haven't heard a ton from them since. Like the second half of the yeah. season, they both have, you know, I mean, obviously they're both still around, but like um, it seems it is like kind of what we were talking about at the earlier part too. I don't know if it's just when they get hot or it's just the tournaments they feel comfortable. Because two years in a row, Scotty Scheffler has been like, you know, Arnold Palmer, Players Championship, Masters, right around that season is where he's kind of like picking up all of his wins. And then you don't really hear from him a ton. I mean, you know, he kind of got – he was kind of right there last year at the, at, at the end there. but um, And he finishes high in every tournament. But my point is just like there seem to be these pockets that guys really play well in, and then you don't hear from them a lot. But because they did – like Rom did so much in a certain like – saturated point in time then he's like been the points leader all season because he got so many at, at the beginning i just think that's yeah. interesting or like lucas glover right at the end just got a ton and now it looks like he's been killing it all season when in actuality it's just been a couple tournaments yeah i know it's really interesting and their games like they always play good obviously they're freaking good but sure how they they come and go like they might be shooting a you know 67 68s but then they have a stretch of a month or two months where they're like firing off these 62s like it's their like like what they do all the time so yeah um i i was listening to pga tour radio last night and they're talking about homa he Mm. the second half of his season he planned strategically to make sure he was peaking right now so Mm. it was like from from the British Open through the playoffs, he wanted this last month to be his peak. So he okay. he took some certain weeks off. I think he after the U.S. Open he didn't play at all, I believe, until the playoffs, um, just so that he could go home practice and be prepped for it, so that uh, he was peaking now. But I know that that guys planned for that, and it's like it's expected that you know they're not yeah. always playing at their prime. They they peak at certain times, maybe a couple times a year, maybe three times a year, maybe once a year. But um, it's really yeah. interesting to watch that. And, you know, our games, we go out and we maybe have our best round of our life. The next round is the worst yeah, round. We, so. <laughs> we, peak one, we peak one round a year. Or one hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
it'll be i'm super excited to see how glover handles this third week now after winning two in a row yeah seeing what he can do if he can go three um i think that he no player has won three in a row since tiger back a long time ago um or actually scotty might have done it more recently but yeah it doesn't happen very often super rare Mm -hmm. Uh, he now did it last year. I think he was the only one to do it last year, winning two in a row. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see. I think that we were talked about it at a little a little at the beginning of the show, but the if Lucas Glover can get top five, I don't know what he has to do to be a big Ryder Cup contender. But yeah. I love seeing guys like this. That you, you can say he came out of nowhere. Right, like we had no ex- expectations of Lucas Glover winning and doing well in these playoffs. So, right, um, fun, fun to see guys like that compete and yeah, hot and play well. Who do you, uh, who do you think is gonna win? Like, who's your, who's your choice to win? And then maybe like, who's your like sleeper pick to win? Like, if you have, if you have those. Gosh. Yeah, I'd have to. I I didn't look at the list to see where the points are right now, but um, I I didn't watch this weekend so much. I watched the playoff, but I did watch I Thursday and Friday. Okay, so my my pick to win is gonna be Rory because okay. I know that he's been he's been finishing top ten for sure consistently, mm-hmm. um, at least in the game and um, in contention coming on the weekend. So. Uh, yeah. Rory's going to be my guy to win because he always does well in the playoffs. He's hot right now, it seems like. The putter switch, he was rolling it really good when I watched him. Um, let's see, for sleepers. Uh, Taylor Moore. Okay. He would be probably a really good sleeper pick. He, I, when I was watching him this weekend, looked solid. And yeah. Uh, can't get much more sleeper than Taylor Moore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been trying to look at it. Um, again, it's hard in the playoffs to be like, how do you uh, how do you pick a sleeper pick? Because they're all like, this is the top fifty in the world. So, all like, superstars. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Um, I who I think is going to win is tough. I don't. I think um, just based on who's playing good golf, I mean, I don't think Lucas Glover's going to win. I just don't see him, you know, putting up three in a row. Uh, I would think uh, that would be sweet if he did. I don't think he's going to do it. I really want to pick Jordan Spieth, but it's just hard. I I have a hard time picturing him winning a golf tournament. Like, he just doesn't. He's been there. He's close. He's, But I just don't see him winning a golf tournament. I kind of feel like Victor Hovland's going to win, and I don't really know why. Oh, nice. um, I would be surprised if Cantlay, Cantlay, you know, he doesn't really win anything all season, and then he gets to the playoffs and wins. Um, yep. My sleeper pick is going to be Cam Young. Not, you know, he's, I mean, again, not much of a sleeper, but he's 46th out of 50. So, like, if you want to okay. talk about sleeper picks, um, yep. I don't know. He can just get really hot, and I would just, you know, like, he just seems poised to win something big, and I think. Uh, I think uh, he could do it this week. I'd also really like to see uh, Sahith Thagala win. Nice, yes, I, I like love him both a lot. Of those picks, those guys are awesome. Uh, so Cam Young's swing is unbelievable. His yeah. driver, how slow of a backswing it is, pauses at the top and then absolutely unloads. Yeah, the guy crushes the ball, and he literally his backswing is nothing. He pauses at the top. And then is one of the longest hitters on tour. It's it's fun to fun to watch him hit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm gonna try and my goal is to really zone in and watch because I wanted to watch last week, and then this silly like knee pain and insomnia and stuff just really kept me from like living a normal life. So feeling much better. So I'm trying to Thursday to Sunday. I'm really gonna try and lock in so we can really kind of get down to maybe some nitty gritty more. I just missed so many shots, so then I can't really talk about it. Because it's yep. like, did you see that? No. Did you see that? No. <laughs> so, 
like I watched on Sunday and then the, they had a, like an hour and a half rain delay and it's just hard to like get back into it when you have small kids. And then yeah. my buddy was texting me, he's like, Lucas Glover and Candelaine are in a playoff. And I was like, what a weird playoff. And I just never could, I could just never get the, back to the TV to watch it. So I'm yeah, going to, well, I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. Next Deal. week, next week, we're going to sit down on the show and we're going to talk about, talk about all the shots. <laughs> yeah. If not, I'm just going to have to watch like the, we have to stay up late on Sunday night and watch like the highlight show and just be like, at least listen to them talk about it. So I have an inkling of what, what happened, but at the very it's hard least, to have a golf yeah. podcast and not watch the play- golf. Tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to figure that out. But, all right. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we have a blast. Hope you're having a blast. Please follow us. We're on Instagram at parnunpod. Uh, Brady's at, at the golf expert at the dot golf dot expert. I'm Ryan Hernandez golf on Instagram. Follow us there. YouTube, like subscribe, leave us a review. It really does help kind of get our name out there and get this podcast performing well. So Apple, Spotify, all those places, you know, if you feel led five stars, write something. I know it's, you hear that from every podcast, but it really does help us um, kind of get the name out there, share it, whatever you need to do. But thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week. Um, Hope you guys have an excellent week. See you next time.